Fueled, episode number 52 with an Olympic runner, Josh McAdams. Welcome to Fueled, the podcast for teens that aspire for greatness. My name is Easton Allred, and I am a successful entrepreneur, athlete, college student, and personal development guru. Each week, I interview successful and inspiring individuals that will teach you the secrets of setting goals and developing life-changing habits that will fuel you to greatness. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get fueled. Hello, Fuel listeners, and welcome to episode number 52 of Fuel. This is your podcast host, Easton Allred, and a very exciting guest is getting on the podcast today. Josh McAdams is an Olympian athlete, ran the 3,000-meter steeplechase in the 2008 Olympics. I mean, the Olympics is something that most people dream about doing when they're older. It's a childhood dream, and very, very few people achieve that goal. It's so much hard work, so much mental mental and physical power to be able to achieve a goal like that. Josh is a very, very inspiring, great episode for all of my runners on the podcast. And this is actually our second Olympian, but also Josh was sponsored by New Balance for running, was a professional runner. Now is retired from running and is an optometrist out of Arizona. Very happy to have you on, Josh. Obviously, you had a very long and successful career in running. And to achieve the goals that you've achieved, you have to be very motivated. You have to love the sport you're in. What made you love running so much? So I think for me, and even now, um, you know, I think, I don't know what, last summer, two summers ago, I ended up doing... um, uh, the one of those warrior dashes, the mud runs, you know, mm. the obstacle course racing. And I started doing that for a little bit. And I think doing that for me, yes, I love to compete and I love to do that, uh, racing against other people, but also getting in shape for that, uh, warrior dash two summers ago, I realized that I really love just getting on the track and just, just running interval workouts, you know, seeing how mm. fast I am. And even though I'm not in the shape I was before, um, it's it's fun to see the progression of getting back into shape, even if it's for a three month build up or something like that. And so for me, I've loved just uh, you know the precision of of timing things on the track, doing the two hundreds, the four hundreds, the mile repeats, uh, finding your rhythm, uh, pushing yourself, and and it's always been I think part of that uh, for me is just the internal uh, struggle, I guess, is what it is, mm. but the determination to. Put farther Mm -hmm. you know that's what I that's what I love but I'm a runner and I just love pushing myself and I think that's fun because whenever you're getting outside of your comfort zone you learn things you get to you get to get in better shape there's just so many advantages to that could you tell my audience a little bit about your journey to becoming an Olympian I mean there's a lot of ups and downs in that journey I'm sure so um there are when I was in high school I was a a 155 800 meter guy I was a 415 miler Um, and I think at that age or even younger, you know, in eighth grade, especially, I thought, you know, I want to be in the Olympics, you know, that's something that a lot of people want to do. And it was kind of my dream. And then when I got into high school and I got to my junior, senior year, I realized maybe I'm not quite as good as, you know, some of the guys during my time, like an Alan Webb who was running, you know, sub four minute mile and some of Mm. these guys. And then I went to a, a year of college, uh, in Tennessee, and I was probably roughly around the 407 miler at that time. And so the Olympics kind of took this back seat in my future plans. You know, I thought, oh, that's not that's not going to happen. 
Well, I went and served a two-year uh, Mormon mission to Thailand. I came back and transferred wow. to BYU. And uh, at BYU is really where I uh, found my niche in the steeplechase. And uh, even then, it was probably three or four years before I really realized that the Olympics was a, was a goal. Um, Coach Eyestone put me in the steeple, and then it wasn't until I won the NCAA meet my, my senior year that I realized maybe I should start shooting for the Olympics. You know, that was 2006. So that was two years before the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Um, and even then I was kind of questioning it, but then the next year, 2007, I won the uh, USA championships and upset a few guys, you know, being the underdog. And that was really when I said, okay, mm -hmm. this is definitely a goal that I have. Top three Americans make the Olympic team. I've got the A standard. And so why not, why not shoot for making the Olympics? Um, but yeah, there were struggles, you know, um, some minor injuries, nothing serious, but then going on my mission and coming back, you know, I left on my mission at about 155 pounds. I came back, uh, probably about 175 pounds or so. And even on my mission, I got up to 192 pounds. So, wow, the you know, there's this huge, the type of delicious. Yes. Um, and so there were those struggles, but the thing that I, I think, uh, the theme of it all is you just continue to push and progress. You know, you make smaller steps, you may have a big goal or you may not, but the idea is you keep on getting better no matter what. And that was how, you know, when I transferred over to BYU, it was, you know, let me see if I can run with the top seven cross country guys, you know, guys who were all Americans, you know, my goal was, let's see if I can run with these guys during this workout or whatever it is. And so you continue to progress and have smaller goals. And as long as you keep on reaching those smaller goals, the bigger goal will take care of itself. And that's really what I emphasize. It, it may take five years, it may take 10. But you know, as long as your heart is where it should be, you love running no matter what, then then you'll have the success that you want. And another thing on top of that, one of the my agent told me early on in my career, he said, you don't run for money. And coming out of college, I thought that's what, you know, make money. That was my goal was to make money. And when you focus on that, um, you know, you lose sight of what's really important and why you love running. And as soon as I decided to put that, you know, uh, pursuit of money kind of behind me, I started running better. You know, you run because you love to compete. And that's what it ultimately came down to for me. What do you think are the top three lessons that you have learned from your running career? So um, the top three lessons, I would say learning from my life for running, I'll put it that way. One is priorities. And the difference coming back from my mission to BYU was my priorities changed. You'll meet a lot of guys who you run with who, if they are injured or, um, you know, they're, they're not running well, it affects their life from day to day. They're going to be in a bad attitude no matter what. You know, they say, oh, I got a stress fracture. I can't run. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a, a, a sour grape. Well, from what I've learned, you need to put your priorities first and let your attitude determine how you run. Um, you know, that's something that I learned early on uh, training with guys. Uh, you know, if they ran bad, they had a bad race, they were going to be miserable for the next three or four days. You know, my junior year NCAA meet, I wanted to be top eight All-American. I ended up hitting the last barrier. I went from sixth place to ninth place after hitting that barrier. I watched three guys go over as I was rolling on the ground. And my wife was there, and I got up and finished, and I was kind of bitter, upset, you know. But I said, you know what? My wife's here. I've got family here, my coach. I let myself be upset for like 20, 30 minutes, and that was it. After that, mm -hmm. it was done, you know. There's no sense in just sitting there and harping on on the negative things in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another thing that I've learned is 
uh, you know, you train as hard and as efficient as you can without getting injured. Um, if you can take on more miles, use more, do more miles. If you can run workouts harder without getting injured, you do that. You, you, you do the workout harder if you don't get injured. Um, and I know that's a fine line, but, um, you know, going from the division one college I was at before my mission to BYU was a huge jump, uh, in the intensity and the volume, everything. But that's what I needed to get better. And I think there's a lot of athletes, not necessarily the high school athletes, but the, the college kids um, may be underdeveloped because they're not putting enough mileage in or they're not uh, doing the intensity that they should. Um, you know, that's the second thing. And then I think, uh, you know, a third one from um, training, and I got this one from Josh Rotinsky, who was a NCAA uh, champion in the cross country at BYU, was uh, making your long runs a good long run, a hard long run. Um, you know, we used to kind of just, drudge through a 12 or 13 mile long run and then one summer working with josh rotinsky he'd go out and crank out a 15 mile hard long run and he'd be running six minute pace or under and so i kind of wow. took that started applying that and so even though we were running a 90 mile week six days a week because we take sundays off um i'd make my 15 miler on saturdays a hard 15 miler i'd start off around 6 30 pace or so and then there were days where I'd finish around 5.15 pace for the last three or four miles, you know. Oh, my gosh. Or, but you know what? It trained the systems to, to do all that stuff. And, um, and now that's pretty standard at BYU. Those guys now on Saturdays, their long runs, they're doing 13 to 17 or 18 miles. And uh, they're definitely cranking them out that last part of it. And it trains the, trains the body. It trains the mind to kind of take on that, uh, that difficult stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I think prioritize your life, you know, make sure running isn't the, the main priority or it's going to put you in a bad mood when you're not training well. Um, two, the volume and intensity, you got to do that. And then your long run, make it a good quality long run. So don't be sitting there just, you know, making it a, a leisure run on, on a long run. You're just, you know, you're just not doing yourself as much good as you could be doing. Interesting. I've never heard that before in, in 515 for the last couple miles. That's pretty impressive. That's awesome. So, and you know, those guys, uh, uh, Ian Hunter, who uh, uh, teaches biomechanics at BYU, he was an 800-meter runner himself, but he's uh, run numerous marathons now, St. George Marathon, right around 220 Marathoner. And uh, even he, wow. he was my kind of go-to guy for training. But, uh, you know, he came after running those long runs with me and stuff, and he, he's won the St. George Marathon a couple times and things like that. Wow. So it, it pays off, you know, it pays off. And obviously for high schoolers, you're not doing a 15 miler. Maybe it's an eight to 12 or something like that. Um, but keeping it quality rather than just making it garbage mileage, we call it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. If you were to choose one thing, I mean, obviously there's so many runners and I have a lot of runners that listen to this podcast and there's right. so many runners who want to be the top, who have dreams to be an Olympian one day. What makes you different? What was it your training? Was it your mindset? What made it different for you? I'll tell you that's tough because talent, you know, there, there's, there's, there's God given talent, you know, and there's no denying even in, in third grade when we had the presidential physical fitness test, it seemed like, you know, I was always setting a school record and I didn't go out and run. I wasn't running in third grade. I wasn't running in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, one talent, God given talent is part of it, you know? And I think there comes a point where, um, everyone needs to come to the realization that not everybody has that, you know, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And, and, and if that's the case, find out what your goals are. Maybe it's not to be an Olympian, but uh, find out what your goals are. And the one thing that no one can take from you is your ability to work hard. And for me, uh, at BYU, I was, uh, I was kind of the, uh, the wrestler, the hobbit they called me, uh, um, 
cottage cheese legs is what Josh Rotinsky <laughs> called me kind of making fun of bigger, but I was a bigger runner, you know? Um, and, uh, but a lot of it was the, the mentality that the determination to just keep on pursuing. And I think that's the biggest thing is each runner needs to sit down with their coach at the beginning of the season and say, what is my goal this year? And maybe in the back of that mind, he's saying, yes, I want to be a, uh, I want to be an Olympian. But once again, you got to come down and break it down to those smaller goals. You know, if you're a five flat miler and you want to, you know, get down to 445, then that, that's your goal. But you can't just say, yeah, I want to be a four flat miler as a freshman when you haven't broken five minutes yet. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a 530 miler, you got to say, you know what, I want to get down to five flat this year and you need to break those goals down. Um, but I think just never giving up, you know, if you're going to go out and run those miles, run the miles, do all that you can to obtain those goals. The intensity, if coach has you doing 400s at a certain race race pace, then that's what you want to do. And um, I think for me, it was just uh, continuing to press forward and running the uh, workouts that Coach Eyestone had me doing, putting in the miles that Coach Eyestone had me putting in, you know, and uh, being accountable to yourself, being honest with yourself. So, um, you know, if coach says he wants 90 miles a week, you know, you're not just saying, well, I did an hour today divide that by, you know, uh, uh, six and I did 10 miles. That doesn't work. Right. Because there's days where I'm not running six minutes per mile. I'm running seven, seven thirty. So, uh, mm-hmm. being honest with yourself and doing the mileage that you're supposed to be doing. Definitely. So I think one thing that you said there was really key. You said a lot, of, there is God given talent for sure. And I mean, well, that is not everything. It's a huge part of it. And one thing that I really believe in is that you shouldn't be going all on things that you first of all, don't love. And, and not everyone needs to be the best at everything. And while someone may not be an Olympic runner, then maybe they could be a great basketball player or a great entrepreneur or whatever it is. So I think just following your passions, following what you're good at, if you just work at what you're good at, then you'll be able to pursue that and become the best at that. So I love that. And um, how do you define success? So success, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a quote, and I can't remember, I think it was some army general or something. He said, success is getting what you want. Happiness is liking what you get. Mm. And I think there's going to be lots of people who are successful who aren't necessarily happy. And even guys in my shoes who have retired, who are done with running, they still don't feel that they were successful and they're still not happy with the way that their career went. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of retired runners, they say, you know what, I think I could have done this or I wish I would have been able to do this. And they look back with these regrets. And I, I measure success as um, you know, reaching those goals that you had with that said, sometimes you don't reach those goals and you need to be happy with those things that you still accomplished. In my case, to be honest, you know, reaching the Olympics was more than I had imagined, you know, especially during those middle years of my career. Um, but I think, uh, you know, there's that wisdom success is getting what you want because there's lots of people who be successful, mm-hmm. but happiness is like what you get, what you get. And so you really have to focus on, on those things that you do have, um, those talents that you do have. And like you said, not everyone's going to be an Olympic runner. And I think that's where you have to have priorities. Myself, yes, would I love to be going out running 80 miles a week and training and doing mud runs and still racing like I used to? Sure, I'd love to be doing that. But my priorities are my family now and my career. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look back on my running now and all the great things that I did and um, the successes that I had and there are those times where I said, boy, I think I could have run an 8.15 steeplechase, or I think I could have run a sub four in the mile outdoors if I would have trained just right. Mm-hmm. But all that, it's behind me. And, and I'm happy with where I'm at now. And 
And I think that's where um, those younger runners too just realize what it is that's going to make you happy, right? If it's running a certain goal, great, but um, that's not always the case. It's more of the journey getting there than it is actually accomplishing that goal. Definitely. So one thing that I wanted to ask you about is I have experimented with so many different routines for my basketball games and for my races. I tend to get super nervous and anxious and I just want to puke before the race even starts. What what routines do you maybe have before races and that's eating and um, just maybe do meditation or however that works? So for me, um, two things. One, uh, always do the same routine, right? So mm. and for me in college, if I had a hard workout, if I was doing, you know, six by 800 meters at, you know, 202 to 205 or whatever was going to be a grueling workout, I ate that like I was going to be running a race. So before those workouts, my racing and my hard workouts were the same routine beforehand. It wasn't much of a difference between those. And so it gets you in a routine and things feel normal. So if you know you're going to be doing a, a cross country workout on the grass, well, go ahead and throw your spikes on or the racing flats that you're going to wear. Wear, uh, you know, a light jersey or whatever it is. Do everything that you would do normally uh, for a race that you would do in a workout as well. So uh, keep that kind of consistent. And that's what I learned, um, you know, so that the days that I was racing, it was pretty much the same thing. I'd eat the same thing I ate that morning. I'd go and relax. You know, for me, it was I didn't eat a whole lot four hours before the race. Um, I had a light lunch if I was racing in the evening. Um, all that stuff was just standard. You know, I already knew. Um, the other point of advice where you say, yeah, you feel like puking and things like that. Coach Eistum told me a story about him in the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles, the trials, the Olympic trials. And it was the 10,000 meter. I'll make this story short, but they started going through and they were announcing all the runners. And Coach Eistum says he looks up on the jumbo screen and he says he saw this face of the most frightened person he'd ever seen. And it was himself <laughs> on that screen, you know. And he was so nervous and anxious and frightened. And, uh, and after that race, um, he realized that, um, you know, there was no other place that he would want to be than standing on that line. But for some reason, some reason he got so anxious and nervous that that's that fear kind of overran him. And I think there's times where as runners and as athletes or whatever it is, um, we get so nervous and anxious and we sit there and I've had this feeling where I'm sitting at the hotel before I have to go to the track. And I think, I would love to just stay here the rest of the day and not have to go to the race. You know, how great would it be just to not do it? But then you have to realize I've run hundreds and thousands of miles just to train for this race. This is what I'm here for. And that is, that is the whole purpose. And there's no other place that I'd rather be than on that starting line. And for me, a lot of that anxiety and nervousness has, has been taken away realizing that that's what I'm there for. I want to be there to run. I want to be there to compete. My family's there. My friends are there you know, soak it in. And that's what I've learned. Even before Olympic trials and big races, look around the stadium, find your family, give them a friendly wave, you know, just stay relaxed and, uh, and know that that's what you're there for and tell yourself there's no other place that I'd rather be. And it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Cause that's true. You run so many miles, you train so hard and it's all for that moment, but man, the anxiety just takes over, but that's a good point. I'm going to try that for my next race. It sounds like a, sounds like a very, very good idea, but what would you consider to be the number one tool for success? I'll tell you, to be honest, a good coach. Yeah. For me, it was, mm. it was having a good coach. Um, you know, there's lots of things that go into a recipe for success, a good coach, good teammates, um, you know, uh, training weather. Some people say altitude. But for me, to be honest, it's been, it's been a good coach. And, you know, if you're 
if you're hesitant about about your coach, and I can't always say that all coaches are good, then find someone who you do know who you know has the experience or may have tips on training and things like that. Um, but a lot of it is is the coaching, you know. Uh, and I can't I can't say enough. I had a great high school coach. I had two great high school coaches actually. Actually, and I had uh, great college coaches. Um, and uh, so, recipe for success: good coaches. Mm-hmm. They are invaluable. And I and I would agree with you. Not even just on running, but also with life in general. And I think I have fantastic parents, and in a way, they're kind of like my coach. And I have. Uh, a mentor that I call it once a week and he helps me with my business. And I think what that does is it just helps you to go exactly where you want to go. And they've been there before. There's been so many times where I've been working on my podcast. I've been trying to fig- figure out a website and it's just taking me like hours, weeks, months. And I wish I could just go back and tell the next person who wants to go work on that. Oh, all you have to do is click there and there and, it's, and it can be done in minutes. So I think coaches are huge. Mentors are huge. Now, the next question I have for you is, do you have a favorite quote? Oh, boy. So the one I shared with you earlier, um, uh, that is one. Success is getting what you want. Happiness is liking what you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've remembered that quote all uh, since high school. Um, another one um, that I remember uh, very vividly from high school, I was a wrestler. I was a three-time uh, all-state wrestler in Ohio. And uh, my dad was an all two-time All-American at BYU um, for wrestling. And I remember, uh, losing a match at the state tournament and I was heartbroken. You know, I thought I disappointed myself. I thought I disappointed my dad and I went out to the lockers and, uh, you know, took a shower and I came out of the shower and there was this poster on the wall and it was this picture of a, or sorry, it was a, it was a, a picture of a statue with a couple of pigeons on that statue. And on that statue, there was a bunch of bird poop as well. Pigeon poop <laughs> all over, right? And the, uh, the quote said, some days you're the statue and some days you're the pigeon. And life is going to happen that way, right? I mean, some days you're just going to be, you know, the one, I guess, you know, uh, figuratively pooping on people. And then some days you're, gonna be the, <laughs> you're the one that's getting pooped on, right? Yeah, exactly. And there's going to be ups and downs and you just got to be optimistic and know that uh, things get better in the end. So, mm. um but uh, yeah, a few of those quotes that I've enjoyed through life, um, success is getting what you want, happiness is liking what you get, and some days you're the statue, and some days you're the pigeon. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh, I loved having you on. I mean, we learned so many great things from you, and it's so cool to hear from a perspective of an Olympian who's doing exactly what I want to do one day. So, so much fun having you on. Do you have any last parting words of advice for fueled listeners? No, I don't. I'm just excited. You know, I love the running community and I'm always eager to help out in any way um, that I can. So keep up the good work. Keep those uh, those younger runners motivated to keep running. I love seeing how the USA is uh, kicking butt lately in all this running stuff. So. <laughs>